For those who don't know, the words to this song say, move aside and let the man go through. A very simple philosophy in, in life, right? And I think maybe to kick off this hour, the, the idea should be to move aside and let the man go through. I like because that. I like that. You like it? And, and I know. I, I totally stole that open from uh, Corbin and RIP Biggie Shea. Big Mad Morning Show. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. They might be trademarked. But we had a we had a chance to listen to Brent Venables moments ago. And a little more subdued, a little more laid back, but still that fire, you can sense it. Um, real quick before we played. Now, I said uninterrupted. I'm so dumb. Um, you'll hear the full press conference, okay? It's uh, 30 minutes of BV. But I, I do want to break it down so maybe we can – we could talk a little bit about the first 15 minutes and then talk a little bit about the final 15 minutes. Josh is uh, down at, if you will, the main stage where players are meeting with the media as we speak, and we'll have instant reaction from Josh and hearing from the players. We also have two stories, major stories developing in the non-Sooner sports world here quickly. Number one, Juan Soto has been dealt to the San Diego Padres. So Juan Soto on his way to the Padres in a uh, massive deal that has sent, at least based on what I'm seeing from, maybe it's bitter Cardinal fans, but mostly b- baseball peeps, is not the most mind-blowing package that has been sent. But it is being described as one of the biggest deals in baseball history from Jeff Passan, and he'll team up with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., Oh, that National League West is going to be something down the stretch. Also, the NFL has dinged the Miami Dolphins the first-round pick in 2023, a third-round pick for allegations made by Brian Flores, and there has also been a suspension that has been laid out for their owner, Stephen Ross. So, there you go. Says he says he's suspended through August 17th, I believe. My bad, October 17th. I was going to say, he's not even missing a game? That's hilarious. <laughs> the, owner, the owner is suspended, but guess what? You still get to go to the games and sit in your suites. Now, there'll be plenty of time for breakdowns of that. Right? And I'm sure the national shows are all over it. Um, I'm sure the guys at 6 p.m. whenever Teddy and Tyler get done will be all over it. But for now, our focus is on Oklahoma Sooner football. We're the home of Sooner fans. And contractually, we could not bring you the Brent Venables press conference live. We'll break it into two digestible parts. Coach Venables talking about any player position switches. Did I say that right? Any position switches? Uh, Or health. That's where this press conference started. Nothing that... um... Uh, that we're really concerned about uh, with that other one percent. Hopefully, um, within the first couple of weeks, we'll we'll have everybody uh, ready to go. But feel great um, about the health of our team. You know the, the gains that we've made uh, in the weight room, our strength, our size. Um, you have a bunch of guys that have PR'd uh, through the course of the summer and of. Uh, Trimmed up, lost body fat, gained muscle, you know, mission accomplished. So uh, I think our guys are in a really uh, good, confident, uh, strong position going into camp. 
uh, position changes? Position changes? Like anybody's shifted uh, position since uh, the spring? I mean, defensive guy stayed on defense. Offensive guy stayed on offense. Um, you know, we might have some guys that played tackle moving inside or guys inside playing a little bit outside, but nothing major. No, no. Yeah, Brent, you've talked about Josh Eaton at media days. You've mentioned Marcus Stripling before back in the spring, and it's not so much their development on the field, but off off the field. Like, how tough are those conversations to have, those heart-to-heart conversations, and how much benefit do you have after it because you've gone through that? I don't think the conversations are hard at all. Um, you know, people know your motives. Um, and you have relationships that are built, I think the con- conversations are very easy. And um, uh, I think in order to create change, uh, there's got to be awareness, there's got to be action, and then there's got to be accountability. And uh, for us as a staff, uh, and it could be changing anything, like, you know, uh, whether it has to do with football or not, but, you know, there's a real transformation that takes place when these young guys, you know, come here and they go to college and um, there's a maturation process that we've got to help facilitate you know and um, so uh, that's part of it that's actually one of the funnest parts of it to to be you know intimately involved with that um, you know change and um, and try to help them accomplish you know all of their goals and um, but you got to have awareness and then you got to put together a plan of action, and, and then you got to have accountability, you know. After that, so again, I don't, I don't see um, the difficultness of, or the difficulty of, of, you know, having those conversations. That's part of, of uh, helping them take them to places that they can't, you know, go on their own. Eric Bailey, Good morning, Brent. Um, we talked a lot about offense and defense going into fall camp. I wanted to ask you about special teams. Just your thoughts going into fall camp, uh, a little bit about the kicker situation, and then Michael Turk, uh, he's, he had a great year last year, and just expectations for him. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. I, I, you know, through the course of the spring, um, for us, whether um, our, our long snappers, uh, short snappers or for a field goal or uh, Turk, um, our battle uh, going on at, at the place kicker. I've, we felt really good um, with consistency. Um, you know, Turk is uh, the model of exactly that. He's a, a pro in every way um, in regards to his mindset, the work that he puts in every day. Uh, you know, he's an over-deliverer when it comes to, um, you know, managing his time the right way and, and then bringing out the best in others. He's he, he leads the whole uh, group of specialists, um, and uh, he's tough and he's demanding. Uh, and um, place kicker, you know, I, I really like the battle that we have there. Um, again, through the course of the spring, putting the ball deep into the end zone, uh, or again, the, the place kicking uh, battle, you know, uh, you know, I'm excited to go into the fall, uh, you know, watching that play out. And um, and our coaches have uh, complimented them. I don't. I'm not one to throw a whole bunch of compliments out, but I complimented uh, them, you know, through our uh, elite meetings here the last week, just in regards to um, 
the focused uh, approach uh, that our guys have had and um, the energy and the enthusiasm that they got out of our guys, um, the organization, the detail, uh, all of those types of things was really spot on. So I'm uh, anxious to watch, you know, the, the variety of uh, competitions and development, you know, with some of our new personnel uh, to add uh, to the group that we have. Coach, what are the uh, a couple of the biggest things that you believe that you need to get accomplished here in the next 30 days to be ready to go play? You know, I would just say to continue to build on you know the momentum that we had through uh, spring ball in the course of the summer. You know, we've we've spent um, me personally uh, spent more time with the players in the summertime more than. Uh, than I ever have, and uh, we as a staff, I'm not sure what guys have done. I don't want to speak for other coaches, but what we uh, what we decided to do collectively, you know, you got to split it up, you know, between you get eight hours a week. So uh, we chose to continue to educate and develop our guys, uh, uh, you know, with the X's and the O's and the fundamentals and things of that nature. So we spent a little bit more time to try to, again, continue to create momentum and confidence and those types of things going into, you know, to the season. So, again, it's very simple in regards to, you know, expectations every day to, uh, you know, put one in front of the other uh, in, from a development standpoint and improving, uh, getting guys, uh, again, continue to build their confidence, their assuredness, their aggressiveness through, uh, through the work that we put in. And uh, but uh, just again, a daily focus of improvement, you know, more than anything else, you know, we're constantly developing mindset and trying to create vision for what we want uh, our guys um, to focus on. And uh, I think that in order for us to really um, uh, to be at our best, we've got to create a vision for what we want, uh, you know, the season to look like um, positionally. Um, as a unit and certainly as a football team. So we've worked hard to try to do exactly that, you know, create this vision. What's the target? What are we aiming at? Instead, oh, it's the season. You know, some of it, you know, is centered on your, your opener, you know, to try to, you know, continue to buy in. It's one game at a time. And it literally is that. And most important, you know, game of the year. And, um, uh, you know, all the work that goes into having a great season, you want to, you know, develop and create a catalog of 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 depth of you know uh, understanding and try to build as much. We, you know, the thing that we have going against us is we have this lack of experience um, in the new schemes and some guys in playing college football and certainly playing football here at Oklahoma. So, what can we do to try to bridge that gap? And so we've worked really hard and intentional trying to bridge that gap to create a level of comfort and uh, like a. Uh, we talked about um, at uh, Big 12 Media Days, you know, we have 40% of our roster that has never uh, taken a, a snap in an Oklahoma uniform. And um, so what uh, what can we do to help bridge that gap? And then, you know, utilize a, a bunch of those guys that do have a, a tremendous amount of experience playing college football. So um, that was uh, with some of the transfers that we brought in. So. Um, how can we best utilize that experience? And so, um, you know, uh, those are things from a, an accomplished. What are we trying to get accomplished? And 
we want a confident, physical, tough, blue-collar work, you know, uh, work ethic type team coming out of, you know, fall camp. I want our guys to to be incredibly confident through the work that we put in uh, over the last several months, and certainly fall camp is is a huge part of that. And um, you know, you you continue to develop, you know, your fundamentals and. Uh, still maintain strength and all those types of things through fall camp with a good, detailed, organized schedule. And, uh, and again, our job is to bring them out, you know, better prepared than when we went into fall camp. And so a lot of intentionality that goes into that. All right, John Hoover. Uh, Brent, for a first-year head coach who's trying to establish what you want the program to look like, and I guess for a first-year staff who's going out and recruiting, establishing those relationships, how important was this summer for you guys to lay the groundwork like you did the end of June all through July and obviously the start of August, uh, recruiting-wise, I'm talking about? Well, uh, really, that's our first opportunity other than the unofficial visits. You know, as we, we talked about, you're competing now. Once you get into the into the month of June and, and um, the last part of July, but, uh, but in June in particular, uh, for official visits, you're competing to get guys on campus. So getting the right ones and, again, having a narrow focus uh, through the course of the spring to figure out um, the guys that we really wanted to target, um, uh, guys that were great fit for, you know, how we're trying to build our program and uh, get them on campus and create a vision for them and their families uh, that they could buy into, um, have some uh, perseverance and endurance, uh, having that mindset. So I had to prepare uh, our staff to have exactly that. You know, there's a patience that goes with that, but also a, a game plan that you're ready to execute if things don't go uh, execute if things don't go your way. And um, uh, and then again, for for us to have long-term commitment to try to encourage guys to get to a bunch of spots uh, so that they could really have. Um, peace and confirmation in, in their their final decision. So we really felt great that um, although maybe some other people got more commitments earlier, uh, that we would get the right ones at the right time um, that had the, the depth of, of uh, again, what commitment really looks like and uh, where it really had roots. Um, and, uh, and again, just because they commit doesn't mean everything's over. Uh, you know, for us, you got to continue to uh, you know, recruit them, um, you know, like they're not committed, you know, uh, because you don't sign until December. Um, but you feel really good about, again, where we're at right now, having, the, you know, now it's a dead period. And, uh, you know, as we get into our season and you start getting busy, how to manage all of that still, you know, it, recruiting doesn't end. So, um, but we feel uh, like we're in a really strong position that, Every position across the board that uh, you know we've recruited, and we're continuing to recruit um, where we're at relationship-wise uh, with these recruits and their families. Okay, second mm -hmm. row, Clint, Brian. Yeah, coach, you mentioned a lot of guys putting big numbers up in the weight room and improving in that area. Are there maybe two or three guys that really just jump out at you in terms of that eye test that uh, showed you that they really put that work in? You know. I don't know. If, I just don't think it's – I would do anybody – you know, uh, I'm going to do some people some disservice if I don't bring guys up. But I would just say collectively, you'll see when you when you get a chance to see them. You might have seen some already. Um, you know, uh, a lot of guys have been, uh, you know, putting a lot of work in, and I think that you're, you're going to see a lot of improvement. Some of them is some young guys that 
maybe played the last year or so um, that didn't have as much time to develop that you're seeing really um, them take off now, you know, there'd be a real transformation. Uh, but, um, you know, we're going to have a, uh, you know, a weigh-in here in a, in a, in a couple of days and uh, really be able to, uh, we'll be able to put, put some stuff out there where you'll see some guys and see the transformation that we're talking about. Uh, to highlight, um, but I, I really just want to highlight our whole football team and uh, be honest, um, if I didn't feel like it was warranted, I certainly wouldn't promote it, but our guys have uh, have worked incredibly hard. They've invested um, like we've asked them to. And, you know, I think most teams around the country, I'm sure people can say that about their own team, but for us, um, I've seen, again, a, a great leadership through the course of the summer, uh, again, a lot of sweat equity that's been put in uh, to this season, and um, I see our guys that are, are really confident right now um, because of the work that they've put in uh, more than anything else. So, uh, really been pleased, proud of the guys, um, and a lot of things that they've done too that have been player-led uh, that I that I'm aware of that they've done as well. That it's going to take that extra commitment. You know, uh, you can't just do the bare minimum. And there's got to be a consistency that goes along with it. And you're developing habits, uh, you're developing culture, you're de developing mindset when you have uh, the player-led things that have been going on. So really impressed and, and pleased with um, where our guys are at, but, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Barry Trammell. Yeah, Brett, uh, sort of off subject, 30 years ago, you were a linebacker at Manhattan. Kale's a quarterback here. What do you remember him about him as a player? Yeah, really confident, um, talented, um, dual threat. Uh, you know, highly recruited, and uh, I remember I remember we got that dub on him too. <laughs> Windy day in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, no, he's just a really talented, tough guy, ultra uh, competitor. Uh, you know. So, face of you know the program. Is it sort of cool? Thirty years later. Yeah. No. Yeah. We talked. Working together. And you yeah. Work together. A good chunk of your life. Yeah. No. And it's you know as I reminded our team uh, a few days ago, uh, prior to giving them a little break, um, your success in life is going to be you know you can, there's going to be a lot of uh, reasons that you have success in your life, but there's none that's more prevalent than it's going to go back to relationships that you have with people. You know, people are going to facilitate your, your success. People are going to be a part of your success. And um, uh, the relationships are going to be because of, you know, or your, you know, your success is going to be because of those relationships. So it's always about people, and you want to stay connected. A lot of guys, young people, immature, the line of thinking is, I'm going to do this on my own. I can do life on my own, and success is going to be because of me. And, um, and, and this is a great example of what relationships, both on the field, uh, uh, through the profession, you know, here we are now working back together, you know, like you said, 30, 30 years later. And, uh, and, and that's a really cool thing about football that you love, you know, that it brings people from all different uh, walks of life together. And it's a unifier, um, it's a connector, and um, having... Uh, the amount of players, former players on our staff, uh, I've lost count. I know it's, you know, around 20 
uh, plus former players that are on our staff in different uh, parts of our, our program. And uh, Kale's a great example. Uh, and again, we, of course, we have four of the five guys on offense that all played at Oklahoma, and uh, they deserve to be here. They're not, you know, in, inherently uh, deserve to be here. You, it's because you're, uh, you're talented. Uh, you know, you, you're about the right stuff. You know, and they've all earned the right to be here. But uh, Kale's a great example, and we know uh, what he's meant to this place and what this place means to him too. It's a, you know, it's a two-way street. And uh, but he, he, you know nobody's more passionate uh, about uh, this place and the success and uh, what it's meant to him than Kale Gundy. All right, so that's part one of the Brent Venables presser. We'll finish it up starting a conversation about team speed, which I didn't know was an issue, but we'll get into it next. Also, we should add two big breaking news moments, uh, tidbits, excuse me. Juan Soto is a Padre, and. Uh, We've heard and seen that the Dolphins have been dinged their first-round pick for next season, and Stephen Ross, their owner, has been suspended as part of the tampering, tanking allegations made by Brian Flores, which did, by the way, confirm conversations that Stephen Ross had with Tom Brady, at least his people, and Sean Payton. So that's a big story, but we're all in on Sooner Football, part two of Brent Venables next. Plank Show rolls on in hour three, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. will suspend for one day the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day and go more in depth tomorrow. Right now, we're listening to the Brent Venables press conference. You heard part one in segment one. Here is the final ten minutes of Coach V's meeting with the media, and it starts talking about team speed. I think it's good. You know, we got good speed, um, the skill across the board. We got big guys that can run. You know, I like our team speed, and um, you want to see if they can play fast too. And and so we'll see. You know, when uh, we start, you know, playing this fall. But uh, you know, sometimes guys run fast, but they don't play fast. Sometimes guys don't maybe test well, but they run really fast. So. Uh, you know, game speed is important, and you want to be able to play, uh, you know, have guys that can take the top off, you know, a defense on offense and guys that can get to the football, you know. And we want to, our guys' defense will be, you know, fast and physical. And on offense, man, we want to be able to run run by people. And I believe that we have that, you know, personnel-wise. Right side, Eli Brent, you've spoken plenty about Jerry Schmidt since you've come back here, but as, as that position strength coach has evolved uh, maybe over the last decade, I'm curious how, how rare and maybe how much of an advantage is his combination of old school and obviously intense, but seemingly able to connect with a lot of these young people and, and particularly on the, on the mental side. Yeah, and I don't know if it's any different now than it was however long, just go all the way back, whatever, go all the way back 100 year, years. I think that, you know, that position has always, you know, been valued for developing toughness, certainly getting your guys in shape and getting them stronger and um, getting them to buy into, um, you know, uh, the value of, you know, weight room and nutrition. And, and now, you know, all the other areas of uh, player wellness, elite recovery and sports science, things of that nature, tying all that together. Uh, but he's incredibly important. He and his staff, and he's only one person. Um, he's got to be the leader of it, but he's got to have a staff, too, uh, that can serve the players in all the right ways. And so whether that's position-specific or, again, you know, uh, you know, 
uh, challenging uh, and taking guys to some tough, uh, dark places. Um, you know, Jerry's uh, been amazing. And so uh, he's up to this point, he's had the same kind of impact that he had uh, when we all got here in 1999. Uh, he has a way, a very unique way uh, of, you know, always raising the standard and keeping guys uh, uneasy and not allowing them to get comfortable. And uh, but our guys have bought into that in a very short amount of time. I think uh, the former player uh, testimonials have, um, you know, helped make that easier. Uh, and um, you know, guys got great respect for him. He he he's uh, tough on them, uh, but he's fair, um, incredibly demanding, and uh, never satisfied. And he's always at ten every day. And uh, so I've got. Uh, great appreciation uh, for he and his staff, and again, the uh, uh, you know he's an additional uh, uh, you know layer of support and um, kind of a, a guiding principle for what we want to be as a program. He he takes everything that we're talking about programmatically and, and incorporates it into what they're doing, whether it's uh, certain things, how we say things, or you know what our standards are, things of that nature, and he creates a lot of buy-in. Uh, so um, I love everything you know uh, that we've seen so far from him, and I think the, again the players will be the the best ones that'll uh, be able to you know testify to their own experiences. But I've seen a lot of growth and maturing, and again hunger to uh, you know uh, to meet standards, and that's what it's all about. So your linebacker room. Pretty deep, got a lot of uh, experience in it with Uwegu, White, several others. Can you talk about just their overall, I guess, growth and leadership uh, from January to now? Yeah, I think, uh, again, we've had great buy in. Um, the guys are, are hungry, uh, you know, to improve and, and get better. Uh, to they've, I think we have a very strong, clear understanding that uh, they've got to. For me, again, it's easy for me to say I'm a linebackers coach, but they've got to be the, the liaison to make it all happen, getting guys lined up, making checks. And there's a lot of other people that, that have to do some of those things as well. But everything goes through them. They're the quarterback of the defense. That unit is, and they need to be the heart and soul of our team if we're going to be worth a flip, and uh, certainly of our defense. Um, they've always been a, a liaison for me as a defensive coordinator to get everything done that you want to get done. And, uh, you know, both up front and the back end. So uh, they're the ones that uh, we're really going to lean hard on. Um, I've seen, again, a lot of uh, maturing and, you know, improvement. Uh, my expectation is that'll continue to happen during the course of the season uh, through some strain and some tough moments. Um, but working with them uh, along with Coach Roof yesterday, man, I was, uh, we got a lot better. Um, with the things that we're asking them to do um, fundamentally and some drill work and just they're moving around uh, from top to bottom, you know, from, you know, seniors to freshmen uh, with a lot of confidence in the things that we were asking them to do that, you know, to be honest, in the, in the spring when we started, um, uh, it was um, not where we needed it to be by, by any stretch. So um, uh, excited about, you know, that, but... Again, guys really want to lead, and they're straining to do all the little things right and to please, and and uh, they want to be a great unit. And uh, and 
they have great awareness, they've taken action, and they've accepted accountability. That's how you create change, and uh, through those those uh, three areas. And uh, it takes a lot of humility to have that awareness uh, where you stand up and, and just admit, like, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm willing to go where I need to go. It's like taking the action and putting in the work and then and then the accountability that goes along with that through the growth process. And sometimes that's not fun, but it's it's all part of it. So not where we need to be. And, and again, I don't see a, a ton of uh, quote-unquote experience. Uh, and um, But um, we got um, – I like our group of guys. Uh, I think that as we grow and mature and continue to improve, if we keep doing what we've done since the beginning of – uh, Matt drills. Um, we're going to be exactly where we need to be, you know, as the season progresses. Coach Venable, let's talk about your relationship with uh, uh, Coach Chavis and how he's grown since January as a first-time position uh, position coach. Yeah, again, I don't look at him as a first-time position. He's he's been coaching uh, for a long time, and uh, we've worked together for you know several years, and and. Uh, I've I've known what he can do. That's why we, uh, you know, he's one of the first hires we had, and uh, he's matured beyond his years. Uh, terrific around the players, uh, you know. Uh, Y'all see a lot of the fun stuff, but he's he's tough and he's demanding, uh, and he gets the most out of his guys. Um, he's very accountable, uh, and uh, he has a unique way and how he relates to to people, uh, whether they're, you know. 75 years old or you know they're you know 16 you know he's just got a unique way effective communicator great motivator uh he's very passionate uh, and intense uh super uh, uh smart um really technically sound in how he uh, progressively teaches uh the game and uh, understands uh, our system inside and out, really, for a defensive line coach, he, under, he got a great understanding of the back end as well as the front end. So, uh, you know, and then I've seen him be exactly who I, I knew he was going to be. He helped uh, through some different situations where he had to actually coach uh, at Clemson through COVID and some stuff like that. So uh, he's had his opportunities there, but uh, sat in the, uh, you know, the defensive staff room with him for a long time. and. Uh, so everything I've seen is just really confirmation for what I already knew uh, he was about, both on the field, uh, in the staff room, uh, and recruiting uh, with our uh, our players. You know, uh, so I think everybody else, you know, has been exposed to it. But he's not the only one in college football that happens around the country. We're just kind of centered on on this here, uh, and you know, I don't need anybody else to. Uh, you know, sign off on whether or not the guy can can coach and recruit and be a great teammate and have a lot of depth to you know from a knowledge standpoint. I know, you know what he can do, and I wouldn't have done it if I if I was unsure or if he was just a great recruiter. Uh, you know, that's not you got to be able to bring all. I don't want to have to hide your weaknesses. You know, you, you're going to show up here. You know, you're going to be able to. Uh, do well in all those areas. So there you go, Brent Venables in its entirety. When we come back, we'll recap. Josh has rejoined us from the media day floor. We'll get some uh, recaps and reaction from the players as well on a busy, busy Tuesday media day edition of the Plank Show. 
<laughs> you still like to have control of that board, baby. That's right. How was it down on the floor with the players? Awesome. Feels like football's here. Feels like it's begun. Dylan Gabriel, we got to hear from DG, who is just the man. I mean, as he's walking out, I mean, he's fist-pumping people on his way to walk up to the podium, which not that that's entirely unique or foreign to the University of Oklahoma, but right. that's, you know, a little different for certain quarterbacks. I mean, not, not every quarterback would be that way toward the media or excited to say what's up to everybody. Is he? None of them would. <laughs> typically, yeah. Typically, yeah. though, Baker, Baker was, was kind awesome. of, yeah, I'm Baker was playing. that way, so... But, no, it was great to hear from Dylan Gabriel. We heard from Theo Weiss, who uh, says he feels healthy, he's ready to roll, is uh, pretty positive about what they have in the wide receiver room. Danny Stutzman was down there, Plank. He's got frosted tips. You might want to explain what that means for a certain faction of our audience. Yeah, he's bleached the hair. (laughs) It's, uh, according to Danny Stutzman, and I quote, it's a summary thing. Ah. So he's ready to roll. Um. We got 15 minutes left in the show. I'm going to play a little bit of Dylan Gabriel when we come back to wrap from his podium. But to to catch up here, I, I know did you didn't get to hear Brent, did you? You didn't hear no, Coach Venables. I, I was totally removed from it. So it was a little different tone, right? A little bit more subdued, a little bit uh, maybe more, all right, we're, we're talking season is over, right? Think about it. You know, he likes to say, oh, what I, I'm just an old linebackers coach. Is a line that Coach Venables likes to use a lot. But if you think about it, you know, this is probably much more preseason talk than Brent Venables has had to do maybe ever, right, from all the press conferences, a post-spring press conference, a um, – well, all the all the stuff during the spring, all the stuff during the off season. You had the Big Twelve Media Day. You've had the media. You've you've had the media event that was at the church. That yeah, we, the coaches' luncheon. Thank you. Uh, you've got like nonstop ladies clinic. You had recruits in this weekend. You had the the massive event. I would imagine there's a point where, as a coach, you're sick of it. You're ready to go. Yeah, let's like, play football. Listen, I'm the line, I, I, I want to go out and watch these guys get after it. Uh, that's not to say anything negative. I thought all the information was great, but, you know, we we started to get a little bit more about dudes. Now, Brent Venables was very non-player specific. In fact, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439, but I don't think there was a single – mention of an individual player by Brent Venables. I, I I think, in fact, even when he started to, he kind of stopped himself and talked about guys as a whole. He talked about the linebacker room. He said there's not, not a ton of experience there. Talked about there's not a ton of experience um, in Sooner uniforms, but there is in games played on the defensive line, but never really got into specific individuals. And, I i mean, listen, as somebody who thought today was going to be about, man, what's we got that from Jay Valiah. What's going on with Woody Washington? And I asked him about Jaden Davis because I feel like everywhere I turn this summer, Josh, I see Jaden Davis. He was at the ladies' clinic. He was at the recruiting event this week, and Ted Roof specifically talked him up. But, I mean, outside of even Ted Roof being specifically asked – 
about his son. I think Parker asked. I think outside of specific questions, there really wasn't a lot about individual dudes. Yeah, today. which isn't shocking. I mean, if you're the head football coach, you're probably not trying right. to go out of your way to just single certain guys out uh, before camp has even begun, right? I mean, you're probably not really taking that approach. But uh, they got a bunch of talented football players on this team, and let the competition, let the games begin, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things today was sounds like linebacker, sounds like it's going to be wild. It's open, right? I mean, it's whoever wants to come win those couple of jobs there. I loved what Jay Valai said about the corner position outside of his Bob Ross, Dave Chappelle analogy, which was great. <laughs> that is good. Um, when, when he said, you know, we might play two guys, we might play four guys, we might play six guys. He's like, it's, I don't know. You know, we'll see. But the, the name that keeps coming up in that corner room is Jaden Davis. So I, I'll be very interesting to see what approach – has changed for him. All right, before we break, I, I did want to at least get one Air Comfort Solutions text in. And if you answered this earlier, I apologize. But it's a good question. Compared to past media days, what's the biggest difference that you all have noticed so far? Outside of excitement levels or something standing out more that might have been missing for the last several years? Eh, I don't think so. I think it's kind of been in line with what most have been. Now, I don't know if we ever got every single assistant at a media day. I I felt like it was a coach and an assist and, and a defensive coordinator and then maybe Coach Peenbo and then you'd get him throughout the fall. But I mean I gosh Josh, I, I feel like it's been it's really been pretty typical and that's not a knock by any stretch of the imagination. You're getting the assistance and that's awesome. I said for me the difference was and it was noticeable early as soon as I talked to Coach Valai these guys want to talk to us today. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say that, you know, every single time coaches come into the media room, they dread talking with you and I and everybody else. But there is that sense, and I think it just percolates the excitement for this season, right? It just illustrates it, that they're, they're kind of digging talking to us today. Yeah, there was, a, there was a great energy. There wasn't anyone who kind of had a... Oh, oh, man, right. we got to go do this the media today. thing. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's hear a little bit from Dylan Gabriel, and we'll put a wrap on our media day coverage. Parker was here front and center. I think you heard some of his back and forth with Joe John Finley. He'll have extended coverage, and we've we've sent all of the audio we got to the guys, so Teddy and Tyler will have it for the rush this afternoon as well right here on Home Sooner Fans. Then December, just you know, kind of training in LA, kind of at my auntie's house, um, just training throughout that time. Uh, felt really good at the end of December, and knew I had to make strides, you know, during the season as well to to get to that point, which I felt really confident about because I knew, you know, g- going into January, I wanted to be ready. I uh, wanted to just be able to start off on the right foot, but also, like I said, come in and, and compete right away. So. Um, that was a big emphasis right when I did um, get cleared to start doing, you know, medical things, I think, in November. Um, but kind of that November to December side, I had to really make strides and, and feel really comfortable going in January. That's Dylan Gabriel talking about when he started feeling comfortable after his injury last season, which cut his UCF, what, sophomore campaign short? Very confident, well-spoken, solid kid. Uh, an exciting day today here at Media Day. Now, we'll continue tomorrow. You had Danny Stutzman, 
Who else? The, uh, a bunch of guys. Theo Weiss, Eric Gray, and Bill B- Billy Bowman as well. And I honestly, I could have stayed down there and gotten a couple of others, but came back up. Well, the the interesting thing about it all is just the, the want. I think you hit it on the head. The, they they want to be here. They're ready to start practice. I'm sure that in a truth moment, there might be a guy that says, "Yeah, you know, I could take one more day playing some video games or something." <laughs> sure. But that that want to was was very present today, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it was a fun day. We learned a lot, but we're just getting started in our media day coverage. If I, thank you to Mike Howe, too, by the way, right? Yeah, thank you to Mike for getting all of this set up, for having us up here in uh, one of the suites is pretty cool, but just all of the coaches and players that we've gotten to hear from today. I mean, Sooner fans, you are blessed today. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, thanks to Mike Houck, thanks to Patrick Dunn, thanks to Eric Collier, thanks as as well to you, Josh Helmer and Connor, who at the last second slid in to help us out on the show today. Literally walking out the door, like you good? It's like I'm good. So thanks, Connor. Uh, Parker Thune and Mike Steely are coming up next. Steely and Thune at noon. Parker's been here front and center. Uh, he got a, a ton of great conversations and audio. So tomorrow on this show, we'll recap some of the highlights, things that really stood out. And, gosh, continue talking about Oklahoma Sooner Media Day. Why? Because Sooner football is here. So let's go. Stick around. I, are we done? There We're done. we go. All right. There we just want to make sure, Connor. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. This is the home of Sooner fans.